Welcome to Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and president of the Anglican Internet Church. This new series is part of the AIC's continuing celebration of its second decade on the web. These Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer are based upon the appointed readings in the list of Psalms and Lessons for the Christian Year on prayer book pages X to XLI, primarily the first pairing which always includes a gospel reading for the second lesson. The second or third pairings of psalms and lessons are used only where necessary to avoid repeated reading of the same psalm within the series. Other variations from these general guidelines are pointed out in individual podcasts. These homilies include reading and commentary on the appointed psalm and summary commentary on the first and second lessons. For those readers not familiar with Anglican liturgies, the text of the Psalter in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer is derived from Miles Coverdale's Great Bible of 1539 and not the King James Version. This is because by the time the King James Version, commonly abbreviated KJV, was published in 1611 using a new translation of the Psalter based upon the Hebrew Masoretic text, the Coverdale translation was so well accepted among the people who had heard it read in services for over 70 years that the prayer book's editors retained the Coverdale text for the Psalter but substituted the KJV translation for all other scripture in the Book of Common Prayer. Podcast listeners are encouraged to visit my Father Ron's blog page on the AIC website on which I have posted for this podcast an illumination of the second page of Psalm 34 from the Stuttgart Psalter, produced in the scriptorium at the Abbey of Saint-Germain-de-Prix in Paris around 820 A.D. I take a moment here to explain the difference in numbering between St. Jerome's Vulgate Bible, printed in Latin, and the version used since the 1549 Book of Common Prayer, which is printed in English. In the Vulgate version, based upon Jerome's 4th century translation, which was made the official Bible of the Roman Catholic Church in the 16th century, all psalms from Psalm 10 to Psalm 150 are off by one number, which is because Psalm 8 and 9 are one psalm. For example, Psalm 34 in today's reading in the Book of Common Prayer is Psalm 33 in the Vulgate Version. Coverdale provided a helpful transition by including each psalm's opening words in Latin, a practice which is still used in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. For more on the Lenten season, see the AIC seasonal video series Lent, the Season of Penitence, including its history, the origin and meaning of the name, and its place on the church calendar. This series is presented in three episodes, each of which is linked from the digital library page, with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.
anglicaninternetchurch.net. The psalm appointed for third Sunday in Lent is Psalm 34, a psalm of David, which is a 22-verse psalm credited to David, and its first words in Latin are benedicum dominum. I will always give thanks unto the Lord. His praise shall ever be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O praise the Lord with me, and let us magnify his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. Yea, he delivered me out of all my fear. They had an eye unto him, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. Lo, the poor crieth, and the Lord heareth him, yea, and saveth him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord tarrieth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. O taste and see how gracious the Lord is. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye that are his saints, for they that fear him lack nothing. The lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall want no manner of thing that is good. Come ye children and hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that lusteth to live and would fain see good days? Keep thy tongue from evil and lips that they speak no guile. Eschew evil and do good. Seek peace and ensue it. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. The countenance of the Lord is against them that do evil, to root out the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth them, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a contrite heart, and will save such as be of an humble spirit. Great are the troubles of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of all. He keepeth all his bones, so that not one of them is broken. But misfortune shall slay the ungodly, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord delivereth the souls of his servants, and all they that put their trust in him shall not be destitute. In Psalm 34, David speaks of the happiness of those who trust in God and praise his name. The psalm has a liturgical sound, with the psalmist asking others, quote, to praise the Lord with me and let us magnify his name together. The word magnify in verse 3 means to worship or to praise and is widely used in prayer book collects most notably in the Collect for Purity credited to the Blessed Alcuin of York, renowned for his Bible scholarship 
and who was the spiritual advisor to the Holy Roman Emperor Charlemagne. The term is explored in more detail in the Collect for Purity entry in the AIC bookstore publication, Layman's Lexicon. The Old Testament concept of the guardian angel is also on display. The angel of the Lord tarrieth about them that fear him and deliver them, in verse 7. He delivers the souls of his servants, in verse 22. In the Old Testament, the Levitical priests were thought of as servants of God. Among Christians, all believers are servants of God. An ancient hymn of the Greek and Russian churches commanded the praises of the Lord by all, quote, ye servants of the Lord. In 1744, Charles Wesley put these words into the hymn, Ye Servants of God, which is hymn 878 in our bookstore publication, the St. Chrysostom Hymnal. For many years, Psalm 34, verse 8, was used in the Russian church just before the receipt of the body and blood during the Eucharist. For this use, it was replaced in modern times by Psalm 39. In the Roman Catholic tradition, verses from Psalm 34 have been used for generations in the teaching of children, although some Protestant evangelicals interpret the word children as a poetic reference to all mankind. At my former parish at St. Joseph's Villa Chapel in Richmond, Virginia, verse 8 is painted on the horizontal member of the roof beam in the nave above the crossing and on the altar side saying, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Variations on the same theme appear in the words of St. Peter, who described his personal experience in Christ in 1 Peter 2.23, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And by St. Paul in Hebrews 6.5, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. A variation on the same theme appears in verse 11. Come ye children and hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Here the meaning of fear is not the modern interpretation meaning dread, but of reverence, or the sense of being in a right relationship with the Lord, as expressed in verse 9, Fear the Lord, ye that are his saints. For additional commentary on the theme of who is blessed, listen to my podcast homily for Psalm 39, especially verse 8 which is read on Sunday next before Advent and not part of this podcast series. For extended commentary and on this and other uses of the phrases blessed is, blessed be, and blessed are in the Psalms, see part three, Blessed is the Man, in the AIC bookstore publication, Christian Spirituality, an Anglican Perspective. Verses 13 and 14 offer great moral guidance based upon the absolute standard of the law of the Lord. Keep thy tongue from evil and lips that they speak no guile. Eschew evil and do good. Seek peace and ensue it. 
These ideas are repeated frequently in Proverbs, in Proverbs 3, 7, and 8, 13, with variations in Micah 6, 8, and Amos 5, 14, and 15. The prophets Amos and Micah are discussed with illustrations in Part 3, Chapters 3 and 6, respectively, in another AIC bookstore publication, The Writing Prophets of the Old Testament. Verse 20 is considered prophetic and is cited in John 19.36, quote, For these things were done, that the scripture be fulfilled, not one of his bones shall be broken. A similar verse is Numbers 9.12, They shall leave none of it until morning, nor break one of its bones. For more on the key words or phrases mentioned in this podcast homily, see the entries for Collect for Purity, Fear of the Lord, Fear, and Guardian Angel in the previously mentioned Layman's Lexicon publication. The first lesson for Third Sunday at Lent is Zechariah 1, 1 1-6, and 12-17. The first verse is called Uh, a call for repentance, and the second group of verses, the prophet's vision of the angel of the Lord offering the Lord's reassurance to Israel after the return from Babylon. The second lesson is Mark 8, 27 to verse 9, 1. St. Mark's account of Peter's confession, Jesus' prophecy of his death and resurrection, and his command concerning the risks and reward for those who follow him. The prophet Zechariah is discussed with illustrations in Part 3, Chapter 11 in our book, The Writing Prophets of the Old Testament. And the reading from St. Mark is discussed in our book, The Gospel of Mark, annotated and illustrated in Chapters 8 and 9. The closing prayer is the Collect for Third Sunday in Lent an adaptation by Archbishop Cranmer of a prayer in the Gregorian Sacramentary introduced in the 1549 Book of Common Prayer. We beseech thee, Almighty God, to look upon the hearty desires of thy humble servants and stretch forth the right hand of thy majesty to be our defense against all our enemies. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.